everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Walk in Faith. We are at NRB in Orlando, Florida, and today is a very exciting day. We're sitting down with Dr. Haramos Shariat. That's right. You, uh, you I, look, right. I, <laughs> I do my homework on pronunciations. Yeah. I have a hard last name too, Tubiolo and Syracuse, so I know what it's like when people mispronounce my last name, but thank you so much. And we spoke off camera. You're the founder and president of Iran Alive. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because they call you the Billy Graham of Iran. I love that. Well, tell me about I, I that. don't call myself that. That's uh, uh, Joel Rosenberg and Charisma magazine. But my answer is this. Iran is so ready for the gospel that anybody could be Billy Graham of Iran. Just share the gospel. I'm serious because with the simplest message of the gospel I share over the years with uh, our satellite television, hundreds are coming to Christ every time. I don't know how much you know, but there is a revival going in Iran. No, I'm and not familiar with that. Islam it has experienced its greatest defeat in its history in Iran today. One outrageous statement I used to make, now I have proof, was this. Iran is no longer an Islamic nation. And people were saying, are you crazy? Just Google it, it's 98% Muslim. Now I have proof. A couple of years ago, two university professors from Europe asked 50,000 Iranians. That's a large number, 50,000 Iranians. What do you believe? Less than one third said, we believe in Islam. Really? Another one third said, it, God is irrelevant or there is no God. And another one third, they were all over the place. They were looking at Eastern religion, New Age, and of course, Christianity. That's why Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world. Now, let's let's go back for a second, because you weren't always involved in Iran Alive ministry. You, you did AI, right, for the government. That's right. I have a PhD. I mean, tell me about that. And tell me a little bit about it, because you would tell me off camera. I know you said it's declassified, but I want to hear more about that. Yeah, I got my uh, PhD in artificial intelligence from University of Southern California. I, I worked in that field for 11 years. Meanwhile, I evangelized, shared the gospel, and many Muslims came to Christ, started planting churches. And at one point, I felt God is saying, I want you to do something special. And I struggled with God. He said, God, I'm, uh, I love my job. This is fun, uh, doing uh, AI research. Uh, why should I be full-time? I've planted churches even part-time. Look, there are several churches, and I'm a teacher and an evangelist, so why should I switch? I didn't. For a year and a half, I struggled. But something God told me that convinced me I need to change direction. During that year and a half, I felt God many times put out of my heart telling me, Hormoz, my son, I'm not calling you to be a pastor. Which my pastoral gift is not on top, okay? I'm <laughs> well, like, I'm, Billy Graham, I, I mean. <laughs> I'm uh, more like an apostolic start things and teach yes. and evangelize, but pastoral, maybe number four or five. So I said, God, I'm not a pastor. You're calling me to be a pastor. And God said, no, uh, it's going to be just for a short time. But listen to this. I'm going to do something big in Iran, significant in Iran. And I'm giving you the honor to have a part in it. Do you want it or not? So I said yes, believing that God is going to transform Iran. And I, yes, of course, I want to be history maker. And that this is the opportunity right now. Anybody who joins us and works with us will be a history maker. There is history being made in Iran today. And another outrageous statement. Can I make it? Oh, make it. Yeah. Make it. Okay. I love it. I say Iran will be a Christian nation. I see that. Yeah. Here. He said, well, are you crazy? How could that be? Where did you get that idea? I said, I stole it. Where did you steal it from? 
I stole it from the Lord in Jeremiah 49, 38, because he says, I will set my throne in Elam, which is today land of Iran. So God has promised that Iran will be a Christian nation and we are moving in that direction very fast. It's it's not by faith anymore. It's by sight. Because you talk about like discerning, right? Because it's hard to, you know, we listen to God and then we have to discern if it's really from God. But when you look back in your life and you see how you've planted all these underground churches, you know, Iran Alive Ministries, how many people you're reaching, you see that, like you said, like they're not identifying with Islam as much as they were, say, 10 years ago. So you see that what you've heard from God is, is coming to pass. It, I it mean, is. It's, yeah. it's amazing, right? And I always think about when people don't believe in the power of Christ or they don't have that relationship. When we look at your life as you play it backwards, right? AI, I mean, you have a PhD. To give that all up in a sense for Iran Alive and build this ministry and to be called the Billy Graham and of Iran, I mean, that is powerful. Well, it's all God's grace. Yes, uh, yeah. exactly. And all these names and all these nothing, but it's, it's yeah. all about it's, the mission. The it's ministry. all what's lasting is people's souls being saved and his kingdom being established. You and I will be here for a few years and then we won't. Yep. But what we do will last forever. So tell me a little bit more about Iran Alive Ministries. How many people are you reaching and how do you get the signal inside Iran? Is it does the government block it? Are they I mean, do they accept the fact that you're preaching the gospel? Well, satellite television 24-7, of course, we are online also. That's just a tool. I'm not a televangelist. When I say I do Christian television, what? I'm not one of those, okay? I got gotcha. you. You're not selling the, the mercury no, oil or I, any of that? As for money, I don't do <laughs> it, uh, all, all that. It's a tool to go over the heads of the mullahs. The signal comes from the sky and the government cannot do anything. People in the privacy of their homes, they can receive that signal and all the doors locked. So no you don't fear. need a cable provider or anyone to no, accept the signal? No, the signals really? from sky. In your, in your home, you can receive it in the safety of your home because the government, uh, it's dangerous to even listen to a Christian message. Some people come uh, on, online and they do like and they get a phone call. If they write something for Christ, they get arrested. It, it is very serious. Why is it? That, that's interesting. Why is the government of Iran so tuned against Christianity? Do you know why? out of fear. They know we are winning. They know Christianity can defeat them. So they're very serious to stifle the growth of Christianity. Every Muslim that comes to Christ, they won't have any control over them. The spirit of Islam is a spirit of control and fear. So they get set free. Jesus came to set people free. So they are free from the spirit of Islam and they're free from their bondage. So that's why the government of Iran is very serious about persecution. Anybody against them, of course, but especially Christians, because they are afraid of Christians. Let's say someone is watching, you know, the program. Do they have fear that, like, can they share that with their neighbors or there's this fear that they might tell the government official that they're watching There's always it? fear. And, yeah. and you said persecution, like, what do they do? I mean, they arrest them, they, a phone call. What actually takes place if somebody's, you know, preaching the gospel or liking something or commenting about Jesus Christ, what happens to them? They get arrested, they get intimidated. They don't want Christians to share or gather. Sometimes I feel that they believe in the power of church more than we do. They are so sensitive about Christians even gathering in their homes. They know if Christians gather, they do great things. For example, attending a house church. If you're arrested, if you're, uh, they find out you're part of a house church, just attending, you get seven to 10 years. 
Seven to ten years in prison. prison. And what is prison like in Iran? Oh, awful. I mean, yeah, it has torture. Many people in prison, they need medical attention when they come outside. Let me show you this story, just yes. pop in my mind. There was a young man calling us all the time. Our phone counselor was telling me, this young man is calling you every day and wants to talk to you, wants to talk to you. I said, what is the story? Why do you want to talk to me? They asked him, what, what's the story? And he said, he's 26 years old. He came to Christ when he was 19 through our television and he learned how to evangelize. He shared the gospel with his friends. At the age of 22, he had three house churches and he got arrested at the age of 22. Now he's 25, 26 and he's in jail and he will be released in, in six months. But they let him go to get medical attention. They beat him up so bad, he was internal bleeding. They said, okay, one week, you go get medical attention, you come back, you have more six more months to serve your jail sentence. So he's out for one week. That's why he was wanted to talk to me because he had only a few days. So he said, okay, let me know when he calls back. So he calls back and I'm walking to answer him, to talk to him. I never forget that day. I was troubled in my mind. This young man serving the Lord, planting churches. What is going to ask me? Why does he want to talk to me? Probably he's going to ask me, where was God? I just served him. If he's loving and he's powerful, why did he allow me to be arrested in the first place? And by the way, where were you, Pastor Hormoz? You tell us to go out and share the gospel and we get in trouble and you're rather safe in America. Where were you when I was being tortured? So I, I was just saying, how am I going to answer his questions? <laughs> So I pick up the phone and I talk to him and I hear a beautiful, sweet voice telling me, Pastor Hormoz, I insisted to call, talk to you so I can encourage you, so I can tell you, you're doing the right thing. Continue, continue to do what you're doing. So his convictions didn't change, nothing changed while he was no. in jail. So I asked him, so what about your torture, your, your jail? He said, don't worry about us, you just continue because the Lord Jesus will never leave us and forsake us. Then he used this word. He said, I had the honor of being tortured for Jesus. And then he said, do you remember Psalm 23? Yes, of course. He set the table before my enemies. Yes, he yes. said, how can you experience that verse is your enemies are not there? Then he said this, I had the honor of experiencing that verse in the torture chamber. My torturers were there but my Jesus was there also. And I missed that moment. Later, he was freed. He fled the country. He was in Turkey two years later. I was talking to him. So, are you happy? Are you happy now you're out? The Lord took you out of jail and now you're free? And he said, no, I missed those days in jail. I had such intimate time with the Lord. It was good days. When I think about that passage, I think about old bosses, right? That's the enemies that right away I think about, right? Because I've never experienced what this young man has experienced. Most people have never experienced that. But my frame of reference is a boss or someone that did me wrong, not actually being tortured in prison. I mean, I met a lot of people that have been in jail that have came to Christ when they were in you know, solitary confinement and they say something very similar where they were so connected to Christ and it continues on you know, beyond their sentence. I mean, you must be afraid too. I mean, you're very jolly and heartful and, and warm, but must be, I mean, well, I get some life right? I mean, if you were to go to Iran and walk around, I I mean, what, would, what would happen? Oh, yeah, they would love to, well, I mean, love what would to be, have me there. What would happen to you? They would make a show. They would put me on trial, broadcast it to everybody. See, your, your hero, yeah, yeah, this guy, Jesus now? is in our hand. So the rest of you, 
go home. Don't do anything. We will. We, they, got, we got your leader because they want to give a message to people, special Christians. Don't do anything. We'll kill you. And I think that would be the opposite in the sense of what it would do is probably bring more people to Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. that's I, don't, what, it's saying, it, I don't think they realize that. No, they don't. I mean, they didn't realize that when Jesus was crucified. So I don't think they realize that now. The persecution strengthens the church, and that, that's amazing. When you talk about how people are building these underground churches. And in the United States, whether it's a Catholic, Baptist, doesn't matter what church, we see the percentage of people that attend church or even have a connection to Christ is diminishing. People are risking their lives, you know, being persecuted for Christ. I don't understand the disconnect in America, what's happening here. And then we see countries like Iran, where people are coming to Christ, yeah. willing to die That's for their right. faith. Well, I think we have to teach uh, the whole gospel. I teach the Iranian Christians. Persecution is a normal part of being a Christian. That's Bible, okay? It's in the Bible. If you want to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. That, that's the verse. So don't be surprised if you're persecuted. And even in America, we try to escape it. But accept it. Being a Christian, you will be persecuted. But you have the answer. If you back off, you are betraying that person. Let me put it. Not only be betraying the Lord, you betraying that person because that person is looking for something solid. And when you back up, he says, that's not my answer. When you are strong in your faith, believe in what you believe, it's very attractive. It's very attractive when you meet somebody who is ready to die for their belief and suffer for their belief. So in America, if we stand for our faith, more people will come to Christ, not less. I agree. Yeah. Oh my God, that's, it's yeah. so powerful. Tell me now, how do you build these underground churches? How do you plant these churches in Iran? What does that consist of? We used to have somebody come to Christ, train them, and then somebody opened their house. It's like a Western model. And then other people who came to Christ through television, they say, go, go to that house. We have a house church in your neighborhood, in your city. It's not good. We got many people arrested. Why? Because the government can implant fake Christians, they calling, oh, I've come to Christ, even with a fake testimony. I saw Jesus, my life has changed. They, they teach them these words. In the beginning years, we were naive. We connected them and then something happened. In one day, we had 400 of our people arrested in whole city, in a neighborhood, in Shiraz. And 10, 10 were top leaders. They, were, they served a jail sentence for a year or two, each one. So suddenly, all the house churches in that Shiraz city and the neighborhood all destroyed. So we changed. Now, to answer your question, now when somebody comes to Christ, we teach them individually how to share the gospel with their friends and family members and how to plant a church with their families and with their friends. So that's how we are doing it. It's very safe. It's very powerful. Why does that work? Because it may not work in America. It works in Iran. Why? Because when somebody comes to Christ, number one, the life is transformed in such a way that everybody around them notice something happens. Something's different. Uh -huh. And number two, Iranians are open to the gospel. They're not going to be against them. They're going to be for them. Ask them, what happened to you? Tell me. That's what the difference between Iran and other Islamic nations. In other Islamic nations, when somebody comes to Christ, usually the family members and friends who are persecute them. They, sometimes they have to flee for their life. Not in Iran. In, Iranians are not going to turn you into the government, for most part. If, if they work for the government, they do it. 
to get to get money to get something. I'm not that familiar with Iran, but in terms of the women's rights, right? I mean, so now the gospel, you know, teaches us very something very different than the Islamic or Muslim faith, right? How women are treated and persecuted. What happens when someone comes to Christ? Say a female comes to Christ. How do they sort of? I mean, because they learn the truth, but now they have to. They can't transition to, you know, living out the gospel in a country like Iran, right? Where That's right. Women are persecuted. So that's got to be a struggle. I mean, for men, it's a little bit different, but for a woman, like, how do they, you know, sort of navigate in Iran, knowing that the truth is very different from what they've been taught? A woman coming to Christ in an Islamic nation in Iran is a most dramatic life change for them. Because in Islam, they have no right. There are possessions. They have no value. Suddenly, they are the daughters of the king. Suddenly, Jesus died for them. They, un they understand their value. They had uh, no peace, no joy, and now from internally, they're full of peace, joy, hope. So we teach them, number one, start loving your husband, your children, your neighbors. And through that, many, many times, the husband comes to Christ and the children come to Christ. So a woman's life change will impact everybody around them. And many times the whole family comes to Christ. Sometimes the, the husband turns against them. Yes, yes. Sometimes beats them up, or you're becoming fiddle. There, there's some of that, but even long term, the husband that's abusive, they change. That's why the revolution happening in Iran, the protests on the streets, is led by women. It's the only revolution in the history that is led by women. Women are more brave in Iran right now. They go on the streets. Uh, high school girls are go on the streets, and they protest. They, they got, they get killed. They get raped. They don't care. We want change. So when you come from darkness to light, you appreciate the light. So when women in Iran come to Christ, they become amazing soldiers. I, 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 I can imagine yeah. that. I mean, what I mean, especially to read the stories and how women are portrayed in the Bible. You know, that's very different from what they were taught and yeah. to see that they have a place and a part and they're not just like you said, property. Just one last thing. I, and I mentioned this to you. I was in Israel recently and I wasn't I mean, not that I wasn't familiar with the persecution that takes place within Christianity, but to see it with my own eyes, just in Jerusalem, which is nothing like it, it is in Iran or other Muslim countries, but to see it and then to go back and talk about it. And a lot of people didn't know about it. And then to hear from you as well about what's taking place in, in the world. I think it's something that all of us need to talk about and not just stay within yeah. our silos in America and think that the rest of the world is, you know, yeah. maybe not being persecuted or, or not as important right. as us. It's Thank you for your time. Well, thank you. Uh, let me uh, add something. Yeah. You, you talk about Israel. One amazing thing happening in Iran, that the people of Iran have turned their heart against Islam and towards Israel. People of Iran say, we love Israel. When the government of Iran says, we want to wipe Israel off the map, death to Israel, the people of Iran, there is such a, a gap, uh, disconnect. They, People have fiance, they must be good people if our government is against them. So uh, there is a movement of spirit in Iran turning the hearts of Iranians towards the Jews and Israel. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I mean, this has been great. Yeah. And how can people find out more about Iran Alive? Uh, you can go to our website, iranalive.org. But there is a better way. Just uh, text the word Iran, I-R-A-N, to this number, 85789. Iran, I-R-A-N, 
instead of putting somebody's phone number, just put 85789. You get a set of links. You get a set of links to testimonies, to our website, to get updates, and if the Lord leads you to donate. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. This was, I really, God, God bless you. God bless Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Yeah. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode of Walk in Faith. Always remember, you have the ability to inspire and evangelize through your words and actions. God bless you. Hey everybody, it's Craig Syracuse. I'm the host of Walk in Faith and I'm also the executive director of the Emmaus Center. If you would like to find out ways that you can contribute and help us bring the word of God, help us evangelize, please log on to EmmausBrooklyn.org for more information. God bless you.